Welcome back to Beyond Well with Sheila Hamilton. I'm here with Dr. Brian Goff. Hi, Brian. Hey, Sheila. It's so good to see you again. You too. This is a program for people who want to explore their interior lives. And we believe that all of us are on a spectrum of mental health. And we can all begin to develop tools to help us live better. We want to thank our sponsor, including the Foundation for Excellence in Mental Health. And if you're enjoying the podcast and you support research into recovery-based programs, please consider donating to the link on our website. The reason I'm so psyched about our next guest is because Ari Mathay has done more to actually help me in my understanding of gender than any human being, which I think is probably if you had one big job that you had to do, it was maybe to educate me on how important this issue is. Sheila asked me to brainstorm ideas for an episode on gender and identity, and I thought that it could be a really interesting dynamic to bring my dad in on the conversation, as I've come out first as a pansexual a couple of years ago and recently as non-binary. I've had a lot of conversation with my friends and families and coworkers about gender and identity. I can talk about my relationship with gender. For me, being non-binary allows me to make my own rules for how I move in this world and for my own ideas of feminine and masculine. But I still struggle frequently with redirecting my mind when I worry about fitting in or not fitting in enough with our culture's binary expectations. First of all, I want that published, Ari. I think it's beautiful. Mm. Because I was so interested in the topic, and I think it's so essential that we all begin talking about it, thinking about how we can welcome people and really have a much greater and wider understanding of gender, I said yes to this episode and to inviting Paul in. Hi, Paul. Hi. It's really good to see you as well. Thank you, Sheila. Brian and I had some conversations around how talking about gender and identity for me is almost as like, I feel like there's as many landmines and that I could trip up and say something I'm going to really regret as there is around race. Would you agree that it's that kind of fueled a conversation in in the uh, society we're in? I think a lot of people, we all have a stake in it yeah. in, in some regard. Um, and so it's something that means a lot. It means everything to some people. Um, and so, yeah, it can be a really hard conversation for us to have. Um, it's, it's, it's important to me. It's important to so many people that I love. And yeah, there are a lot of mistakes that people make. There are Mm -hmm. a lot of mistakes that I have made. Um, and I think that our understanding of gender, of identity, at least for me, it's, it is always fluid, uh, always growing. I'm learning more about myself, and I'm, I'm also learning more about how other people see the world and, and think, and I have to take a step back. Um, so, so I can say right now, um, talking about this, my, I, I can talk about my experience of gender only, but everyone has a different experience of gender. Makes so total sense. There are so many other non-binary people, other genderqueer people, um, other folks out there in the world who have a different experience than me and will probably see something a little bit different than me. And that's that's okay. But it's really important that we have this conversation. Yeah. Brian, do you want to speak to your uh, the same sort of uh, reluctance we had around diving into a conversation on race 
we both talked about it. Like, all I want to do is say, I'm trying. If I make a lot of mistakes, please don't pummel me on Twitter or Instagram. I'm trying, right? Right, right. yeah. Go ahead and blow up the website. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I, yeah, I feel that. Um, I was thinking about this. I think one of the, one of the primary things is uh, a little bit of a sense of ignorance and wanting to manage an impression that uh, my intention is to be inclusive and open. Yeah. It, I, it seems if if you're cisgendered that that um, that the topic of gender identity is almost invisible for a lot of people. I think for a lot of people they would say gender. You mean sex? Like and they like it's almost something that is not really even considered or questioned. It's yeah. just sort of the it's it's the background. Um, and then I think the other thing that makes this challenging uh, is we're not talking about mm, some some possession or uh, experience. We're talking about the way that someone sees themselves. We're talking about an identity and that is very personal and it's yeah. very important and it's with our fabulous Ari yeah who we love <laughs> yeah and so like there's all these layers of this that make this um really exciting and really heartfelt and and a little like I want to be thoughtful yeah it can it can be really really hard to have um conversations like these where where you don't know everything, where you are still learning, and especially with people who you really care about, who um, who you want to keep in your life, who you want to respect, who who you want to support, um, and and sometimes you're still learning how to do that. Yeah, Paul, what's been your experience in terms of? Uh, how educated were you? Um, how educated have you become? How difficult a process has it been? Good questions. I think Ari is the one that probably educated me the most in our experience with Ari. Um, certainly, um, let's see, I'm 62, and so I was raised in a, just a completely different culture. So making some of the switches... Um, has, I think it, it's been a difficult thing. Um, not because I didn't want to make the switches. It's just that your mind is thinking a particular different, a particular way. And, mm. and so to make that switch and to rethink so many things, um, takes some time and absolutely, <laughs> I'm the one that f makes plenty of mistakes. Oh, good. I I'll, I won't be alone here today then. <laughs> I would absolutely not. I want to ask you what your um what your experience of Ari was growing up because they are obviously incredibly energetic, very very smart, really fiery. Always that way as a child, also. I think so. Yeah, and so at the point where Ari began talking to you about their their different way of seeing themselves, what did you, how did you work with it? What, what was the first time that Ari came to you and said, here's where I want you to see me. Here's how I want you to see me. Here's what it's going to mean to our relationship. I think our initial entrance into this, and when I say our, I'm talking about my wife and mine, um, was that we were part of an evangelical church and had been um, 
mostly exposed to an evangelical way of viewing gender. And um, so it was really quite a trick to deal with um, with some of the things that Ari was saying. I, I should back up and say it never challenged our love for her, but it challenged for our worldview. For them. Excuse me. For yeah. them. See? Yeah. Right. <laughs> that's even how so, difficult it is. Yeah. Even so, yeah. well, I, I'm glad. I'm Actually, I think that's a very normal thing that's going to happen. Oh, yeah. Ari, what was your experience? I mean, I remember talking with you about you were online, you were searching around, you were getting kind of a lot of good feedback from other mentors about how to navigate this world. But dealing with evangelical parents brings on a new whole level of complexity, right? Around the first time that I started questioning my sexuality, um, which which was kind of one of the first parts of looking at my identity and seeing how that might have clashed or, or seeing how that interacted with uh, my upbringing, um, I was probably, I was around 15, um, and I, it, it was this vague sense of, you are different. You don't quite fit in with what everyone expects you to be. Mm. Um, and um, it definitely my my experience of, of, of sexuality and, and gender exploration are two different things, but often very related, especially in... Um, in how I've had to navigate uh, my my concept of my upbringing, um, but was what was kind of expected of me in in that church. What was expected of women was often um, to <laughs> to find a boyfriend mm-hmm. uh, and to support him and um, and have him be a spiritual leader. Um, and uh, guiding him would be uh, kind of your way to authority, I think, in the church. Um, or at least maybe that was my perspective at the time. Maybe I don't want to fit in with this or, or I don't fit in with this and this doesn't feel right. For me, those expectations felt like um, it felt like being given a uniform mm-hmm. Um and everyone saying like, "Yep, this is the uniform for you," and that uh, when when you put it on, it um, doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. It rides up. It digs into your stomach. Yeah. It pinches. It's just painful and uncomfortable. And you think, when everyone looks at me, they must know that this isn't right. Oh, wow. But everyone says, "Yeah, that's the one that's right for you." Um, mm. And so when I first started looking. Um, well, when I first came across other explanations of sexuality of and and also other expect other explanations of genders, I was like, oh, that that doesn't pinch. Mm. Um, That's so awesome. Yes. Can can I ask you for people who are beginning just at the very beginning of understanding gender, what is the difference between pansexual, non-binary? Um, Brian mentioned cisgender. Can we just do quick terminology for people in yeah. case we're bringing them totally. on board really fast? Okay. Uh, so for me, pansexual is uh, complicated, uh, and it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Okay. Um, if you might understand uh, what bisexual means. Um, 
similarly, pansexual um, means uh, being attracted to people um, regardless of gender or attracted to all genders or possibly attracted to any gender. Yeah. Um, Non-binary also means different things to different people but for me it means I am not a man I am not a woman I am for me sometimes Ari. I'm yeah I'm I'm Ari sometimes I'm in between and mm. sometimes I'm other um and then cisgender means that you are you identify with the gender that you were assigned uh along with your sex okay um Paul I want to just ask you have have you had grief around this awakening, um, Ari coming back, or is it joy that you're, who was born, you thought, in this label as daughter, who's now become themselves, is in a much happier, healthier place, or or both? You can tell me the whole emotional spectrum if you like. Yeah, I've I've had both, and let me explain a little bit more. I think the difficulty, the grief I had was not over Ari claiming to be something different than what we expected. That That's never been a real issue for me. I think the issue was um, in our marriage, having to work that through as a married couple and our both of our experience together to do that. And it caused some grief for my wife and I grieve over the grief that she had to go through. And it caused actually um, a bit of a rift in, uh, in her relationship with Ari. Mm. And to that end, uh, I feel lots of grief. But as far as Ari and um, how she, she views herself now, absolutely none. Hey, I'm just so sense. thankful that she is... Um, satisfied and happy in how she sees herself. Yeah, that's very cool. The, Themself. <laughs> Themself. Uh, yeah, when when you're talking about the way the way Ari sees themselves, and and uh, and well, Ari wasn't who we thought she was. You know that. It, and and correct me if I'm wrong, but when I think about terms around gender identity and I think about these labels they are shorthand uh, descriptions of the perspective that I have of myself they aren't Mm. me they are the way I experience and see me so in some ways Ari never changed right Hmm. Ari, Ari wasn't you know you said in your description that we read you know I came out pansexual i later identified with non-binary but your you i mean you changed as much as the rest of us change right yeah. like you are just you and uh, you know i am I, I have a gender identity but also i see myself in a different way in different domains of my life than I did five years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think my my biggest changes um, have been um, with the journey of what it means to come out. So <laughs> I've had to become 
a bit more outspoken <laughs> because mm-hmm. I have to stand up for myself in, in the way I, I have to advocate for these are my pronouns. This is my name. This is who I am. And you'll respect that um, in, in certain circumstances. Um, so that's that I feel like that's been some of my biggest change is having to have confidence in myself to stand up for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but who I am, I don't think that changed with yeah. my gender. And, and to me, that's at least part of the path to acceptance for loved ones, for parents, or for people who are like, but my daughter. It's like, well, whatever words you're going to use to describe your child, your child is still your child. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's That word daughter, I mean, I have two sons, and they are very different from each other. I also have a daughter. But so, so in a sense, I mean, I could say, well, they have certain criteria where I feel like the term son is the most um, appropriate label to give it. But come on, don't we all think that we have just squeezed down their essence into this little word that doesn't capture the differences between them very well at all? You are just you, right? It's it's true, although I think I really understand... um, a little bit of the preciousness that we have about specific terms. Mm. So in in the sense, um, I have two sisters. And growing up, we were we were the three Mathay girls. Um, that's that's kind of how people knew us, or in a sense, we were there's a specific relationship that we think of. When we say these were the sisters, these were the three of them, and they are a unit, um, and and I think I understand a little bit of how having to make that change in your brain because you do have to make that change um, for my my sisters. I'm or they can say I have two siblings. I can I can say I have two sisters. Um, you 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 have to make that change and you do lose a little bit of that preciousness of the um, symbol of mm-hmm. the word. Mm-hmm. And yet it doesn't remove any of that relationship that we have. Well put. Yeah, that's a great way to talk about it. Yeah. We had a fascinating conversation when I was telling you about how um, I, I just feel like I, because I do a lot of public speaking, I just feel like I came up to speed on LGBTQ and now it's 2SLGBTQIAA. And um, I was saying, Ari, can you like get these people together and tell them we need something better? And you were like, who, who are you trying to make feel better? You or the people? And I was like, solid. That was a Ooh, solid snap. piece of feedback. But mm-hmm. I thought it was so helpful. In the best way, yeah. It's like, if it's helpful to people who are attempting to try to find their place in the world, is it really hard for me to learn one more acronym? No, it shouldn't be. Right. And so that's where I want to start. Yeah. But you're going to probably have a lot of people listening today that are like, why should I change the way I view the world and I view men and women because you have decided to do this? So I want you to speak to that person, mm. if you would. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of things I could say. I could say, you know, we're yeah. not actually a small population. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll start there. Uh, well, okay. I can talk about um, my workplace. 
uh, a little bit. Um, I work at a location where there are hundreds of employees. Um, and I could probably say there are roughly, from my own calculations, probably about 10 to 20% of the workforce there that are uh, not cisgender. There you go. Um, mm. So you you work with people who have, you live around people who have just a, a different experience. Why don't, it's important, it's so important just to listen. Mm. And it's also okay to make mistakes. People are gonna make mistakes. I have made mistakes. And sometimes I don't understand someone else's pronouns, but how I feel about that isn't important. I I have friends who um, I've had I've had friends who use uh, other pronouns um, as non-binary people or genderqueer people than they them. Um, I have a friend who uses it pronouns, which is something that was really hard for me to make work with my brain. Yeah. Um, and you know I. I have my own relationship with that idea, but that doesn't matter because that's my friend and Mm -hmm. I am going to do what my friend needs. Or even if it was my enemy, they have the right to their identity. Mm. Can I, can I ask you, is it similar to a name in Mm. in a way when, when y'all came in, uh, Sheila, you were saying, I want to get, I want to get the pronunciation of your (laughs) last name, right? And Paul, you said, well, it doesn't matter. You say whatever you want to say. But there's this sense of if I have it the way that you're used to hearing it, then that's another step towards you feeling seen. Mm-hmm. And right? respected. Yes, and respected. Yeah. And it's like if I have a friend who is from another country and they have a complicated name and I say, yeah, you know what? I'm just not going to do that. You're Steve. You just look yeah. like a Steve to me. Right. It's like, screw you. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not Steve. Yeah. Like, yeah. call me by my name. Call me by the thing that works for me, where when I put it on, it doesn't pinch. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. fascinating because I have a black friend who has an Ethiopian name, and she's lived in this neighborhood for six months, and her next-door neighbor cannot get her name. And she said, you know, I think if it were a person who you really cared about, you would get my name straight. She finally said it to her. Yeah. And uh, and that's not being cruel. That's just saying if you do truly want to have a compassionate and empathetic viewpoint towards your fellow man, there are small pieces of etiquette that we all adopt to be able to get along yeah. and to accept and to be welcome, you know? And so uh, uh, the second thing I, w- I would say is beyond those people just being in the workplace, what does it teach us? I mean, I've found myself like kind of like, you know, I think I'm kind of getting this now because of Ari. I'm sort of like coming along. I feel like I'm in a growth spurt. I'm in a growth mindset around mm, this. Yeah. Do you feel like there's an opportunity for us to be more understanding of one another because of this potential challenge, you know? I, I do. I think... I think when we allow ourselves, one, when we allow ourselves to be wrong, when we allow ourselves to also grow, when we say that I'm, I'm going to do the work to change what my brain does for you. I'm going to rewire that. I'm going to spend the time and the energy to do that. There's so much growth that we open ourselves up to because um, we stop 
we allow people to be themselves for a moment or as much of themselves as we can see. Mm. Um, I think I think that oftentimes when we interact with people, we interact with them in snapshots and we carry that snapshot around with us mm. for years and years until until maybe some moment happens and you're like, oh, that that doesn't quite match up with the person who's in front of me. When did when did that happen? When did that change? And I think by doing the work to to change your brain, to open up, we allow people to be who they are. And I think that we can do that honestly with anyone I think that we can do that with people yes we can we we should be doing that with uh our our non-binary folks our trans folks in our lives but also with everyone totally Mm -hmm. to to allow them to be the fluid people who they are yeah that's so beautiful Paul I wonder could you speak to your experience I'm just thinking um for people listening who have uh, a child who's non-binary and, and their, um, their adjustment isn't just one of, well, I make these assumptions and I'm used to using, I'm used to making assumptions about pronouns, but, but that their orientation is influenced by their faith mm-hmm. and that there is a perceived conflict between, um, my, my view of the world and my view of reality based on my religious orientation or my spiritual orientation and then having a child that I love uh, I don't know if challenge that is the right way to say it could could you speak to how you've navigated that yeah um, <clears throat> I think that's an important question my faith has always centered on love and while there's lots of doctrine and different ways to, to view the Bible. And um, it, admittedly, actually, different cultures view all of those scriptures quite differently. And, and I've also noticed over a period of time, people view scriptures with different interpretations. But since love was so central to how I saw my daughter how I saw Ari, um, my heart has been to have her be who she is and to be the best, we could say the best version of herself. Mm, And yeah, (laughs) boy, I've got a lot to learn about pronouns, Mm -hmm. believe me. Um, But to me, it feels like the well-worn path of pronoun usage is what is dictating your language, not your heart. I hope that's in, the case. In the mistakes mm-hmm. here. I, I hope that's the case. Um, just talking a particular way and using pronouns a particular way for 62 years, it's just hard to, to suddenly rewire switch. Brain, it's hard sure. to rewire. But um, I get it. Yeah. I get the fact that it means so much to Ari. Yeah. And it's not that I don't try. It's just, it's a process. It's yeah. a learning process. A process. And, and I think I said this somewhat in the conversation that we had earlier, uh, Sheila. Um, I am more than willing. I would love to walk with the people in my life who need time to mess up. 
um, and also need instruction to not mess up uh, and help. I'm I am more than willing to walk with people along the way in that process of getting pronouns and name right. But I don't have space in my life for people who do not accept that I am the world premier authority on my own gender. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's really important. You know, one of the reasons I'm most most interested in this conversation is just because of the high rate of suicide and mm -hmm. people who identify as uh, along a different spectrum of gender. And I and I wonder, Ari, if you could just in the last few minutes that we have speak to a young person, to the young you, Ari, about how how you can claim who you really are and that it is going to be okay. That there is a big population of people now claiming their own right to be. Yeah. Um we all have this different relationship with gender and identity, and we're all walking on it in, in a different way and in different times. Um, so there, there are folks who uh, come out like me when I was uh, 21. One, I believe, as non-binary. There are people who will come out in their 20s. There are people who will come out in their teens. There are people who will come out in their 60s. And there is no wrong way to do it. Mm. You are you in every way. There, there are people who will love you, who will see you, and there are people who won't. But you are still you. And... You being you and embracing who you are can be revolutionary, but in any way, that's incredible to, to see the truth in yourself and to embrace that, at least for yourself, and that is that is incredible. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Ari and Paul, thank you so much for joining us again. Brian. Such good questions and comments, always. Oh, so nice. I'm just happy um, to be here. If you love the show, we hope you tell your friends about it. You can also, of course, write a review on iTunes or Spotify. It's really important. And uh, once again, thanks to our sponsors, including the Foundation for Excellence in Mental Health Care. <laughs>